I want to welcome listeners across the United States and around the globe. This is attorney Alan Edmonds. And as many of you know, I practice military law and national security clearance law. I've been helping active duty and civilian DOD contractors and federal employees for over 45 years. Our law firm has offices coast to coast, and we can be reached at 800-481-2526. This is the fourth episode in a series about national security clearance appeals. But I want to take a detour because many of the people that are applying for security clearances are prior military. And what we see often in our practice, and I've done over 3,500 hearings, is the impact of a negative discharge from the military on your security clearance application. This is extremely important. A lot of people are unaware that the Department of Defense or the Department of Energy or the Department of uh, Homeland Security will look at a person's background and they'll go back to military service. So what arises is a client will call me and say, I have a statement of reasons from the Department of Defense. They're rejecting my application for a security clearance and they're citing personal conduct that occurred while in the military. So what I'd like to do is give you an overview of that situation, uh, what impact it has and how you can take steps to remedy that. As I mentioned earlier, I've been doing this for a long time. And in addition to doing security clearance cases and security clearance hearings and security clearance appeals, my law firm also helps military with discharge upgrade petitions. And we've been doing that for a long time, and we're happy to help you. You simply have to call the office to get uh, things started. But what happens is a person fills out an SF-86, which is the security clearance application, or commonly referred to as an EKIP, and they send it in through their field security officer at the company or the federal agency that they're working for. And um, that application has numerous questions about your background and criminal activity as well as administrative activity. Of course, it deals with your employment and if you left your last job or any job under negative circumstances or you resigned in lieu of a termination. But today we're going to focus on what happens to the military member that served in the military in any branch for any length of time and they received a negative discharge. So what type of discharges does that include? 
Well, the worst discharge that you can get is a DD or dishonorable discharge, and that's the result of a court-martial. The second is a BCD, bad conduct discharge, that likewise is the result of a court-martial. And then you can get an OTH, other than honorable, that is normally attributed to administrative action. You can go to an admin board or you can receive it administratively. Then you have a general under honorable discharge and finally an honorable discharge. So with the exception of an honorable discharge under honorable conditions, all the other types of discharges have aspects to them that will impact your security clearance application. And in fact, a negative discharge will fall under guideline E as an echo in the directive. Now, earlier we spoke about the directives for security clearance adjudication, and we identified them as 5220.6 DOD directive or the National Security Adjudicative Guidelines, uh, which is Security Executive Agent Directive 4. I told you uh, that several agencies have their own directives or own regulations, and I indicated that often they just put a different cover page on them, but the main content of these directives is the same. So we turn to guideline E, personal conduct, and that is frequently used by the Department of Defense <clears throat> to deny a clearance or revoke a clearance. But in this case, we're talking about the impact of military service and the discharge that an individual receives. So guideline E says that the concern of the government is conduct involving questionable judgment, lack of candor, dishonesty, or unwillingness to comply with rules and regulations that can raise questions about an individual's reliability, trustworthiness, and the ability to protect classified or sensitive information. <clears throat> well, that's quite a broad spectrum of analysis by the DOD. And what it uh, <clears throat> raises for the military member is a review of conduct while you're in uniform. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about non-judicial punishment, NJP, also called office hours. I'm talking about summary court-martials or special court-martials or general court-martials under the UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice, an individual may smoke marijuana, which is Article 112 Alpha, and he'll be written up for that infraction. And depending upon the severity of the use, if there was any transporting of marijuana, if there was any dealing or purchasing of marijuana from third parties, that charge can be brought up administratively, it can be brought up at non-judicial punishment, office hours, or it can 
be brought up at a court-martial. The same set of facts, depending upon the severity and the command decision. So suddenly you're in the military, you get a negative discharge, let's say an OTH, because of marijuana use, and you're discharged with an OTH, and years later you want to apply for a job with the Department of Defense or a DOD contractor such as Lockheed Martin or Raytheon, and they present you with an SF-86 to fill out, and you have to suddenly declare the type of discharge you got from the military. The Department of Defense will investigate the underlying facts of that discharge and learn that uh, in our hypothetical that the individual uh, used marijuana. Well, that falls under guideline E, which is personal conduct because it shows or raises an issue of trustworthiness and reliability and the willingness to comply with rules and regulations. If you smoke marijuana, you're violating Article 112A of the UCMJ. You're also showing total disregard for the zero-tolerance policy in the military about drug use. So suddenly we have this guideline E accusation uh, appearing in a statement of reasons, and it all arises from the military service. You could also have guideline H being alleged, which is drug involvement. And the concern there is the illegal use of controlled substances. And um, that is a separate basis for a denial or revocation of a clearance. And it all stems from military service. So at the inception, your application for a security clearance is uh, meeting some headwinds, so to speak, and you're presented with an SOR. My advice about this is to, number one, be alerted to this fact, and that's why I'm having this episode and this discussion with you about the importance of the character of your military discharge. You can upgrade these discharges, and you should do that prior to seeking a security clearance, especially if it's a very negative discharge, which is a BCD or a DD, dishonorable discharge. You have to file a clemency petition first, but you should take those actions. Most of my clients um, ask us to do that concurrent with their preparation for their security clearance appeals. The application can be used as evidence at the security clearance appeal level, both in the response to SOR or at the actual hearing. Of course, a discharge that has been upgraded is very strong evidence of rehabilitation, and the administrative judges in these discharge hearings give a lot of weight to a discharge that has been upgraded. There are two forms that the military uses 
One is the application for review of a discharge, and that's DD Form 293. And the other is correction of military records, which is DD Form 149. We do all of the legwork involved under both of those applications. They become really complex when you prepare for the hearing if you're doing it correctly and can make the difference between a successful result before the review boards or a unsuccessful result. The biggest problem that most people have when they're trying to upgrade their discharge is they totally misunderstand the process and the concept. They perceive it to be simple and very, very friendly, and it's not that at all. It is adversarial, and the boards, which may consist of three or more people, can take the applicant under cross-examination and ask him questions. And I have been in those hearings, and sometimes they go on for hours. And uh, it's very, very hard on the applicant when he's being questioned by five or more people, uh, different ranks that are panel members on the board, and uh, some of them are more direct than others. But it's very hard if you're in those hearings by yourself. So I always encourage people to uh, treat this seriously. And if it's worth cleaning up your record so that you have more job opportunities and career opportunities, then uh, retain an attorney. Our law firm does these for a very modest fee because we're grateful for your service to the country. But uh, also, uh, we have a scale of fees depending upon your ability to pay. So what this episode is about today is the impact of these bad discharges or negative discharges on your security clearance application. And of course, that impact can result in a denial of your security clearance request. You can be denied. You can go fill out a response to a statement of reasons, and that can be deemed uh, denied if you haven't done a sufficient job. You'll then be given the opportunity to go to a formal hearing which can be in person or virtual. And uh, that hearing can likewise be uh, unfavorable or a denial of your clearance, all based on your conduct in the military and the reasons behind the issuance of a negative discharge. So this is important for you to understand. If you have questions, I want you to call me at 800 Four eight one two five two six. As I've indicated, our law firm has been helping men and women across the United States file petitions for discharge upgrades, and we've also dealt with that issue when it suddenly appears in a statement of reasons for a security clearance application. The good news is that uh, on two fronts, the good news is that, number one, we've been very successful in upgrading discharges. 
and uh, re-enlistment codes as well, entry-level codes. And we can also change the narrative that's used on a discharge because all three of those things are considered by the Department of Defense and the CAF at Fort Meade in determining your trustworthiness for security clearance. So number one, you can indeed upgrade your discharge and improve your life and your career. And number two, if you have a bad discharge, you can still prevail with the right presentation to the Department of Defense or to the administrative law judge at the time of hearing. And you can receive a favorable ruling from an administrative law judge following a hearing um, on your application for a security clearance. So I hope this has been helpful and I'm delighted that you uh, took the time to sit in on this episode. We're going to continue to make these episodes available surrounding all of the circumstances that arise with a security clearance appeal. Thank you.